I would like to give some uh, intro. Bader, Bader is uh, is a founder of Optimize App. Uh, Optimize App is helping uh, SMEs uh, to to create digital ads in less than thirty seconds. You have got amazing uh, twenty five thousand uh, registered users in less than two years. Amazing growth journey. So I would like to listen more about Optimize App from you, uh, Bader. What's the story of Optimize App? What's the problem you are trying to solve? Sure. So thank you so much for having me, Shafiq. First of all, I'm honored to be uh, your guest here today. Um, maybe before getting into the story of Optimize, telling you a little bit of background about myself. So I've been in the field of digital advertising since the summer of 2013. So almost 10 years right now. And starting off as an intern back when I was in college, interning the global headquarters of DHL in Germany in the, in the marketing department. That's where I, I sort of started finding my passion for digital advertising, meeting some of the agencies that they've done, uh, meeting one of my co-founders actually, who's today my co-founder I met back then while I was an intern there. And uh, ever since I really got into digital advertising, became very passionate about it, worked at some of the leading US-based agencies in New York, um, Razorfish in particular, working on Citibank accounts, working on Netflix, on um, a few other big uh, uh, big accounts. And what I focused on is to how to help make their advertising more effective. My role was more on the data science and analytics. But as a data scientist, as an analytics person, you can see the overall picture, what's working, what doesn't work. And it gave me a very good understanding overall background of digital advertising. Now, I, I stayed with them for a few years, coming back to Kuwait, there is a certain point in time that I wanted to create my own digital agency, something like Razorfish, much smaller scale. And when I first started, I took on one of the fintech companies as my first client. I had no office. I had no employees. I had just gotten the license. And I remember very well this, this fintech firm wanted to hire me to lead their marketing. But I told them, I'll be your client. I will come and work out of your office because I don't have an office. And while I was there, started helping them out with their digital paid acquisition marketing campaigns, that sort of performance marketing. Um, I would listen to their sales associates getting 100, 200, some months, 300 calls from different small businesses asking for help, whether they know someone who can help them with their digital advertising campaigns, whether it's Instagram ads, Facebook ads. Uh, in particular, it was Instagram ads at the time. Snapchat ads was new and just coming up. So that's, that's when I got a, uh, basically the light bulb moment, knowing that all these small businesses using different mobile apps to handle payments, sending payment links, seeing uh, uh, the receivables, uh, checking uh, or working with different e-commerce and logistics provider to handle their website, to handle their logistics. But whenever it comes to the digital marketing piece, you still had to rely on that freelancer or that agency that would charge you too much for the size of your business. So I said, these small businesses, how many of them are they? I tried going to pitch to them manually, but then I noticed the budgets that they want to pay is very small budgets. Like you cannot hire people. You cannot actually offer it as a managed service. It doesn't make any financial sense. So I had to learn. I said, why not? We, we, we give it through an app, through an automated marketing app that will help you grow your business. And I had to learn software development. 
full stack development to bring to uh, that idea to life. And that's how it all started. And just following that in a few months, COVID came in with the COVID, all the businesses forced to go online. Next thing, realizing that when you have a website, it doesn't mean you have sales. You have to promote the website, you have to launch paid ads, you have to optimize it. And, and that's when I think Optimize really took off. It was March 2020. And uh, today, alhamdulillah, we've been, we've been growing month over month, serving thousands of advertisers on a monthly basis. And that's pretty much uh, how it all started. Awesome. Now, um, yes, thank you so much. And, and to tell you a little bit about basically more of the problem that we are solving is it's not, it's not just the fact that uh, agencies or freelancers are too expensive. Actually, uh, to, to grow your business as an SME, it is very difficult. You have to manage so many sides of the business, whether it's payroll, whether it's accounting, whether it's the, the fi financials, um, e-commerce, design, all of these aspects. And paid media is, was one big headache, primarily because at the scale, being a small business, you have to rely on different self-service platforms. And agencies, freelancers are too expensive, as I mentioned. There's yes. many new different platforms and many new platforms coming into the ecosystem on a quarterly basis. Right now, we're in a position where Facebook, Snap, TikTok, Google, these are the known ones. However, you have Amazon that's become a big player in advertising and digital. You have Apple restructuring their whole entity in order to, uh, to get a piece of the, of the pie, of the digital marketing pie. You have uh, Netflix which uh, started with digital advertising just last month in the US and slowly expanding it on a global scale. So there is so many different platforms, each one with different terminology, each one requires different technical experience and the ecosystem is changing, whether it's privacy changing, whether it's shift from a cookie world to a cookie-less world. So all of these things combined makes it very difficult for the SME to actually grow using paid media. And, and that's where we come in to solve this particular problem. Yeah, I think I think it's, it's a huge uh, industry, right? Like even Google says that we are a small fish in a big pond. So it's, it's a huge advertising industry is very huge, but it's, it's as you said, it's very uh, fragmented industry that, you know, not, not very standardized, like where, you know, the SMEs will have right ROI or what are the right growth channels to test it out. And it's take uh, for us, you know, I have been founder, so it's, it's very difficult for us to set up the ad accounts, run multiple campaigns, and then try to understand, you know, what, how it works and end of the day, Facebook blocks you. So how do you like, how do you solve like as an optimized app? Like how do you solve this problem that, you know, getting blocked and how do you like get out of this? And also the second thing I noticed the payments, like you can only use certain credit cards and, you know, maybe like I have a local debit card, which I can't use. How, how optimized apps solve this problem for users? So very good question. I'll answer it in a few parts. First of all, I'd like to say, like to mention the point that it's a very fragmented market. It is a huge market. The global ad spend last year was $750 billion, okay? And last year had more than 50% that was going to digital. And each year that number is increasing more and more. And 
it is fragmented and it will always be fragmented because these platforms, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Meta, Google, Snapchat will never come and work together. At the end of the day, they are competitors. You're you'll never have them working together to build that uh, aggregator marketplace or aggregator uh, platform. Each one wants to promote their platform over the other. So it will always be that case. And, but from a business perspective, a business owner perspective, marketing perspective, I need to increase my return on ad spend. I need to increase my brand awareness. Regardless what the tool is, I need to rely on all, all the different platforms to maximize efficiency out of all of them. So this is what makes Optimize uh, interesting is that you can rely on all these platforms. You can, you can use them all having one sort of experience that is unified across the thing, whether it's unified by the metrics of the reporting, whether it's unified by how to launch the campaign, the campaign launching experience is unified and reading the reports and the results you can actually see from the different sources, which ad is doing better than other, whether it's Snap, whether it's Instagram and optimizing your budget. Now, there is many issues when it comes to this advertising and these issues happen for a few reasons. First of all, the, the, the different platforms are, are, are really built enterprise with an enterprise first experience they are desktop first they if you look at them they look very sophisticated like uh, as if they were done in the 90s okay mm -hmm. very sophisticated uh, looks like these uh, trading platforms like uh, the bloomberg terminal uh, i need an expert know? end of the day to do it right like i i need to have an expert to uh, like a growth marketing expert or a media buying expert who are well familiarized with this Exactly. Like you can go and do it yourself, but ch chances are you will be setting up things incorrectly and set, optimizing for the wrong goals, for the wrong side, sort of events, and then you'll be unhappy with the results. And using optimizes, a lot of this setup is created in the back end for you based on your industry, based on your region, with some recommendations that are already built in the system for you. So this is one of the things that makes it special. Sometimes we had, we had some clients who tried it out with us, went to the Snapchat platform, tried to run the campaigns. They copy the exact same interest, the exact same demographics, targeting sort of budget. They come back telling us, what do you guys do differently? Because whenever we run it on you, we are getting better results. <laughs> All right. And uh, to, to, uh, like, to address some of the points that you had mentioned earlier, about, after all the efforts that you put in, you can wake up one day with your ad account being banned, yes. ad account being suspended for good. And, and this happens, and it happens quite often. Happens for a few reasons. At the end of the day, the way you, you go and pay Facebook, typically you are paying with credit cards. Sometimes in a specific day, Facebook would charge you, for example, three times in one day. And your bank, whether it's in Kuwait, in Dubai, wherever it is, would see a three transactions from the same company at the same day, they will take take it with high risk, thinking that this could be fraud. So they would block the transaction. They will say, no, don't let this go through. Problem is Facebook had already provided the service. They're expecting to be paid. But when your bank declines it, they give you one chance, they give you two chances. When this happened three times, your ad account is suspended. And go try to talk to the support you'll barely reach, reach, reach them, you know? Yeah. Unless you have like a account manager, which you don't get unless you're spending tens of thousands of dollars on a monthly basis, you know?
So, so we, we solve these issues by providing local payment methods. So basically when, 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 people, when people, small businesses, I would say, want to promote themselves using Optimize, they pay in local payment methods. We have credit lines, we have agreements in place with Facebook already so that these payments are actually processed and facilitated through us. These other accounts being banned doesn't really happen. It does happen in different cases. If you're trying to sell something that is illegal or something that is goes against the platform, no, of course you will be banned. Okay. okay. But from a payment and logistics sort of perspective, we have solved that issue. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I was like uh, checking this basically. Uh, my my account was blocked for boy, for being non-reason. We are not selling, trying to sell something that you know, uh, illegal or, uh, or against the policies. We were just trading, selling bookkeeping services, helping founders to manage their uh, uh, financials and it got blocked and we were surprised. I think Facebook is, is, is increasingly blocking the number of users at this moment. I don't know why, but, uh, but this has been a major challenge. I think uh, Optimize will be a, a, a saver there where, where uh, companies can, you know, use Optimize have uh, in order to run their ads much efficiently without having uh, much of learning curve, basically like a founder like me. Uh, but how do you see that, you know, like I, I have seen that you have an in incredible growth journey last two years that, you know, you have almost on about 25,000 SMEs across the globe. I think Optimize is not a platform from Kuwait, which, which have a global presence, right? So could you give more more idea about this? What was your early acquisition strategies? Like how many countries you are present at this moment? Awesome. So uh, we started off in Kuwait back in 2020, early 2020. And to be honest, we did, I would say, uh, we did some Instagram lives with some marketing experts, whether it's professors from university in, in marketing, whether it's different uh, people who are entertaining people while there was lockdown, while everything was on lockdown, you were sitting at home in the evenings, you had not much to do. So during that time, we started going, doing these Instagram lives, doing these webinars, and that's where we started getting initial, uh, our initial customers. And those customers who, who needed the product so bad to promote, whether they have an online store or selling an Instagram, even during lockdown, got incredible results. And they started talking to their friends and reaching out to their family as well. There was a, at a certain point, and I remember this until today, there was one happy client that has shared, that client had spoken to me on my personal number. A client that I met, I had to, one time I was out and I had to reach out to her, so I reached out to my personal number. She went and took my phone number, shared it with many different business owners. And I, I had given her a very specific message so that I know if this message comes to me, it's coming from her. I got more than 400 business owners reaching out to me saying that they want to get started. How do they download the app? Where can they find it? Um, just from one good experience, like one customer with a good experience. Brand evangelist uh, like uh, Guy Kawasaki says, that you know how how you will have brand brand uh, evangelists who advocate your brand uh, externally. This can be you as a founder yourself, or your customers can you know advocate about your brand. I think this is one of the very very early stage acquisition strategy when you have like you know when you offer right uh, solution to the market. 
How, how yeah, many countries uh, are you present? So, so we started first in Kuwait, very quickly opened up the app for customers across the GCC. And I say open up, it doesn't mean we, we set up a new entity in each and every country. No, we just allowed these customers from the different regions to log in, to create an account and to pay. So at first we were the six GCC countries until we started getting a lot of demand from Egypt, from Morocco, from Iraq, from uh, Jordan, from Algeria, from Tunis, so Northern African countries as well. So I had to, like, and we were, we were at a point where they would download the app, they would come in to try it. They noticed that they can't sign up because we are not supporting them. They would put in bad reviews in the app store. So I quickly had to change that. I said, we have two options. We either to quickly remove it from the app store in the region, or the other option is open up access to them. And I said, if there is this many people that want to give that try, why not? We are not paying uh, any sort of paid media to reach these people. They are hearing of us organically. So we opened up to, to these additional countries. So now we are around 11 countries. Um, certain markets uh, required more investment, required basically more attention, more care, such as Saudi. That's why we, we very quickly moved on to open up a Saudi entity. Um, we have a Kuwaiti entity, the Saudi entity. We do have a London entity as well. This is more of a new project, something for the future that we are working on right now and should be bringing on our first new customers from the UK early by January 23. Okay. What is the reason to have the company in, uh, in Saudi or in the UK? Like, uh, so you are opening up casually in, uh, in uh, Morocco, but you are setting up an entity in Saudi and what is the like, logic behind it? So a few things. First of all, we have to see the market potential. And, and what's happening, the growth potential that is happening in the Middle East is incredible, but Saudi in particular. Uh, we see this as a window of opportunity that if it passes by and we don't go on this train, that we will not have this opportunity again, one, two or three years down the line. So it's very critical that we come here to build a, to build a trust, to increase the brand awareness, uh, to to help people at a, and understand the consumers more at a local level, uh, to a level that would be difficult to do so when you are sitting in a different country. Second of all, the, uh, the access to local talent in Kuwait, being a very small country with a smaller population, it is slightly more difficult. There are certain technical positions that you look for that you cannot find uh, in Kuwait. So in Saudi, with a bigger population, with a bigger pool a big startup community, it will be easier to find. It is already easier. We already have found some of these people. Now, London, on the other hand, is more of a, for senior leadership roles, ones that have worked for these big startups that were able to expand across different continents, you can find that sort of talent there. And that's where it's, it's super exciting. Um, we, also, we also believe that this problem is a global problem. Whether you are a tire shop in Australia, or you are an ice cream shop in London, or you have a, a parlor like a barber shop in Kuwait. At the end of the day, all of you guys have something in common. You need customers. And all of your customers are on using their digital, uh, are using their phones. And as long as smartphones are relevant, digital advertising campaigns will be very important. So uh, London is basically us proving uh, 
proving to our investors that this is not a regional problem. This is more of a global problem. So we can uh, unlock further investment and really go to the UK, go to Europe as a stepping stone before going to the US in a few years from now. Brilliant. And uh, also, I was thinking, like, how, uh, like, how do you see the future of ad tech uh, industry? That you know, it's going to evolve and change, because I'm seeing some of the even aggregators coming now are asking to pay, uh, you know, the fees per uh, CAC. Like, you pay the CAC. That is our fees. We are not no more SaaS. We are not no more charging commissions. We are just charging you per per uh, cost of acquiring a customer. Pay us two dollars. I think it's 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 a uh, it's coming up in Kuwait as well as some of the food tech uh, companies out there. So how do you see the ad tech industries evolving uh, uh, going forward in the future? Um, it's a very good question, to be honest. And there is no right or wrong answer. I think at the end of the day, if we talk about any of the uh, any of these marketplace platforms that help you acquire your customer and only charge you for the customer acquisition. At the end of the day, they can do that because they have a lot of their customers. But how are, the question is, how are they getting their customers? They're relying on different social media platforms at the end of the day, you know? So it is still relevant. And I think that is more of a competition with different food delivery, logistics sort of businesses, not directly to the ad tech. Uh, I think what's happening with with more and more, uh, uh, if we talk about the F&B uh, business in particular, with more and more of these these guys getting tired of the big commissions that they pay to the different food aggregators, they are in a in a position to switch to actually their own website or to new kinds of platform. And when they have their own website, that's when they come to us needing to launch advertising campaigns to promote their business. Being on some of these big platforms is good because there's the customers there. However, when you shift and go on your own, you have to go and acquire customers yourself. So you need tools that will actually uh, drive the drive the customer towards you to acquire these customers, to retain these customers. A big part of marketing is also retaining the people. It's not about trying you once, but you need to constantly remind them. Yes, yes. I think you have recently signed a partnership with Zida. Yes, correct. Um, it's uh, Zida, Zida is one of the interesting Kuwaiti startups that's started slightly before us, a year or two before us in, in Kuwait and in Egypt. And the uh, reason we signed a partnership is we have a lot of customers on Zida that are currently using us to help give them additional tools and features. Uh, that are specific to their use case. And also um, a lot of their customers actually needed some of the support in digital advertising. And you really don't find this aggregator, digital marketing aggregator platform out there to help support you. There is some, but they are super expensive. That will cost you a minimum of five to $6,000 a month and a yearly contract. This is without the media fees. This is just to pay for the tool. So it's really enterprise-focused tool. Now, when we focus on the majority of businesses in the world, which are the SMEs, I think this is the gap that we are trying to fill. How do we help serve these SMEs that can only pay a few hundred dollars to us a month, uh, but help solve them, get customers, retain their existing customers on the different social media platforms in a world where the ecosystem is constantly changing and we're fighting hard to keep it the, to keep the experience the same. 
but of course there's behind the scenes a lot of uh, adoption and change that we have to make on a regular basis yes yes i think i think it's having a lot of uh, uh, customer data that you know like i think even uh, facebook is like changing the whole algorithm in a way that it can run ads to multiple categories without having a niche and then try to understand you know who has interest to uh, mostly like on first party data so things are evolving uh, but i think uh, there is a lot more to do in terms of uh, technology in the back end uh, but but how do you see that uh, like you know but i think i'm very uh, interested about the model that uh, optimize is putting forward which is democratizing the whole uh, ad tech industry and giving out the smes that hand you know to 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 generate roi or to generate uh, to go to go to reach out to their customers to shout out uh, about their product or services and and without having much learning curve which was very uh, like you know traditionally very was was with a bit monopolized by ad agencies this is an interesting journey as a founder i just have like few questions you know what what is the one mistake like you have been two years as a founder i think you have been gone through a lot uh, as a founder in building optimize what is the one mistake that that you think that could have been avoided or if you are building it today a new startup what what you should have been done differently um there's a few things i could say but uh, maybe to to mention one specific thing i would say scaling up too quickly when you are not ready uh, this is something like if time goes back maybe we would have come it a little bit down um it's very easy to get over excited when you have a few customers that are having a very good experience and you would make decisions to roll out some of the features too quickly without educating the rest of the users then they'd be uh, confused not knowing basically uh, how to use the app moving forward when they were used to something specific so it takes time it takes education and scaling up in a sense that uh, growing the team too quickly uh, and investing too much in marketing where your operations cannot control cannot basically uh, cover and take care of the <laughs> the existing queries that are coming in you know so this is this is some of the thing uh, like we've gone through it uh, we we learned we learned our lesson we got everything organized right now but this is one of the like advice i would have is don't scale until you are ready to do so and it's very easy as a founder to believe and to think that you are ready but the truth is you have to uh, reach out sit with the customers talking with the customers one of the most important things in startup world uh, understanding from them seeing the concerns some of which will be shy to tell you in, for, in person but you have to kind of find this information yes, and get it by asking questions yeah and so not not so how how do you keep momentum as a founder that you know you have been maybe on this journey for a while and then you have no co-founders at this moment uh, but how do you keep what are your like productivity hacks what's your like learning process um to be honest like i would say i know this industry well i'm very passionate about it and i have dedicated everything to this so to keep me motivated i don't need much i really I, i'm i'm i would say that the, the passion inside me 
the, the vision that I have, the, the dreams I have towards this is what fuels me every day. But there is days that are very tough days and there is days that are pretty good uh, that will basically make it up for it. But uh, so, so that's from a motivation perspective. But however, as a founder, I have to share that down the team, make sure the rest of the team is motivated because if it's only me who's motivated, it's not gonna be very helpful. Now, that is a, one of the things that we regularly do uh, in our weekly meetings, updating the team as to what's happening in terms of different things that are happening with the platforms, what's happening with investors, not keeping these things too secretive away from them. And I think this is what motivates a lot of the team. Now, from productivity hacks, I would say one of the key things I would say is really focus on your business on certain KPIs and on certain metrics. So instead of just going and building, that's what you have in mind, focusing on three very important metrics, the most important metrics, and it depends for, for each business and at each stage of the business, you have different metrics. But measuring these, uh, measuring your success, uh, measuring uh, how well you're doing in comparison to these metrics on a weekly basis. Even when it comes to product development, feature building, when it comes to marketing, sometimes the marketing teams want to take some initiatives. I tell them, how does this reflect back to our three main KPIs? If the answer is it doesn't, then we don't do it. Okay. So everything tied to these three KPIs. Of course, you can list 10, 15 KPIs, but to be truly focused, you have to find the core three KPIs that a lot of the other KPIs are actually just come as a result of these three numbers. Yes. I think that the famous book uh, from uh, John Thierry, he talks about Measure What Matters, who set up the OKRs in Google, which, which pretty much does similar how, how you set up audacious goals and how do you measure that, you know, have that important metrics in the loop and then how do you how do you try to achieve that goals on weekly basis. So I think this is very, uh, very interesting uh, thing, which which even I am trying to implement at this moment in the company to to see how, you know, we are having this metrics as as, as key metrics to to measure. This is a one of, uh, I think, very interesting uh, uh, lesson as, as a founder. And what are the challenges do you generally face in uh, uh, managing finances? Like, how do you see that? Uh, you have been one of our early customers, you know, that uh, uh, even we didn't have the name financials that time. So we started working on your project when, we, when you were looking for fundraising. So and, and, and I, I, think, uh, I think any business without a proper financial plan and financial strategy uh, is basically in the process to commit suicide. And I think um, I'm very glad that we brought, we brought you on board and your team at an early stage to help us set up the, the right financial strategy, the right financial plan, building the right financial models that the whole company is basically, um, uh, basically aligned on and uh, revolved around these financial models. And, and these financial models and the whole strategy of the company is basically one thing. Even these three metrics that we talk about, these are the core metrics in the financial model. So yeah. I think we, we had certain, uh, we didn't have that much of experience before you came on board. And it, it changed the way we do everything ever since. So it, it, it's a moment that I don't regret. If anything, I regret not doing that even earlier. 
I think uh, knowing the numbers, uh, knowing it on a regular uh, basis, not too late. So once a month is, month is done, you have to take a look at what's happening very quickly after it, not three months later, so that you have enough time to actually make decisions, make changes, and optimize and fine-tune uh, your business in general. And I think uh, that was the, the biggest value add that we got uh, using financials or um, 10x at the time. Yes, yes, yes. We rebranded. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, we are about to, like, we just have five minutes left. Brother, I'll, uh, I'll leave to you if you have any questions. Um, actually, like, may, uh, not, not too many questions that I had prepared, uh, but, uh, but I feel like you, you've, seen, you've seen the process that we've went through when it comes to financial planning, and I, I feel that small businesses that we work with uh, have this struggle so I think that it's more of a suggestion than a question is doing more of webinars how we can, can educate these businesses in masses to think more like a more like a CFO to put in this financial plans in place especially as small businesses because uh, a lot of which go bust just as, as a result of not having proper financial planning. So I would say, how can we work together to help the thousands of SMEs that use our platform? Uh, how can we educate them? How we can give value? Because if they don't have proper uh, financial planning, at the end of the day, even when it comes to advertising, it will come a point that they cannot invest anymore, you know? Whereas if it is part of their financial plan, those will be regular. And I think this is an interesting area to focus on and we'd be happy to help as well. Yes, I think, uh, see, some of the founders I speak to, they're saying that, you know, we don't have understanding of the data that, you know, what is our cost of acquiring a customer? What is the LTV from them? What is the ARR from them? So uh, most of the founders don't have enough data to take decision whether they should spend more, which is actually limiting their growth. If they find there is an opportunity to grow more, they could invest more in, uh, in, in advertisements or, you know, in getting acquisitions, which is, so understanding the financial data is so important. Like I, I have seen the best founders, like I have consulted a couple of companies and the best, best founders I have seen have two skills. They're excellent at sales and they're excellent at managing finances. So I think any company should have this understanding of, of understanding the numbers in deep, which helps them to take uh, decisions. I think we could do more of webinars to, to improve the literacy for them. And it's also same for a personal uh, financial literacy, right? You can go bankrupt, or you will not master your financial life. The same case for companies. If you are not understanding how the finance works well, then it's it's hard for you to grow and understand, you know, where how do you how you will be sustainable over a period of time. So I think, uh, yeah, of course, I look forward to have more webinars and more sessions uh, with you as well uh, uh, on talking about finances. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, awesome. and I think to the point, to the point that you mentioned, not knowing your LTV, not knowing your CAC, it is super important if you are an online business that you choose the right platform. If you are an e-commerce business, you have to choose a platform that can provide you all this data, that can segment your customers, that can show you proper reporting. And even with these right platforms, 
you can actually do proper advertising. We can see what's the return on investment. Whereas uh, some, some of the platforms that are out there are too basic, are too generic, that you will not be able to get this, this basic data that you need to make your company's financial decision, nor will you be able to do proper marketing because these pixels and this uh, uh, advertising technology cannot be integrated. So make sure choosing the right platforms, whether it's e-commerce, whether it's um, different CMSs, is to choose something that will support, that will give you, first of all, very good dashboard that show the LTV, that show the CAC, that show these sorts of things, and that they are fully integratable. They can be integrated with the different ad tech platforms. It's just some important thing to add. Awesome, awesome, brother. I would look forward to have more uh, more webinars and more sessions. We can have more talks. I think we we are all at in the same stage of where we look at uh, SMEs digital adoption and improve their efficiency and effectiveness so they can unlock their potential to grow massively. It's uh, interesting and uh, great, great to know about uh, Optimize and wish all the best for you and uh, Optimize as well. Thank you. Likewise, and it was a pleasure. And uh, looking forward to chatting further. Awesome. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye.